Good morning and welcome to the Sunday service here at the Free Community Church. Uh, for those of you who are joining us here on site, a very warm welcome. Thank you for coming bright and early and on time to join us to, all together for a time of worship together. For those of you joining online, so glad that you're able to join us this morning or sometime during the week if you're watching this uh, later on. I just want you to use the opportunity to maybe look around and welcome and the people around you, uh, give them a wave, say hi to them, acknowledge their presence. Um, and same thing for those people online, you know, if you are uh, online, please drop a note to just say welcome home to everybody else on the chat. Um, let us know where you are, you are joining us from this morning. So we're here today to join our hearts together, to gather around as a community uh, in time of worship and around the, you know, around the word this morning. Very excited because we have got a brand new sermon series that we're kicking off this morning, which uh, Pastor Pauline is going to introduce to us in a little while. So we're really excited um, for that. But this morning, as we prepare our hearts for our time of worship together, would you join me in a time um, to respond to the call to worship? Come in, come in and sit down. You're a part of the family. We are lost and we are found, and, and we, we are, are a part, part of, of the family. family. We know, God, that we who have gathered here are a part of the family, but we also know that the family is much bigger still. There, there are, are people we don't understand. understand. There are people we disagree with. There are people we don't like. There are people who don't like us. Challenge us, God, to expand our vision of family. Until, until we, we see all of creation, creation as, as one big family. family. Amen. So we're going to go into a time of worship with song. And you know, this week we don't have the live worship um, with us. We're using a pre-recorded worship segment which has been done um, earlier in the week or uh, in the weeks before. Now, so the question is, you know, the, for many people, especially those on site is, you know, it's, isn't this like just watching TV, right? Like well, we're here to just watch a video. But it's not. As I was thinking about why is it important you know, to, for us to continue to sing? Well, I think there are just two things I want to, to share with you this morning. First thing is that worship changes our heart and it helps us to declare with our mouth what, we, you know, what the truth that our heart needs to believe. Some of us might be having a, you know, an issue where we are not seeing ourselves in the way that God sees us. We may be carrying a, a, you know, a guilt, brokenness, wrong image of who we are. And I think that worship helps to change our heart. And when we sing that, we declare that our heart changes along the way. And the second thing that's very important is that this is the Sunday service, which means we serve one another. And worship is actually a form of way that we mediate God's presence with one another. You know, in the Old Testament, when the angels um, uh, are pictured above the tabernacle, it is said that God's presence was in the space between the two angels above the tabernacle. And the angels will be ministering to one another, and the presence of God will be there in the midst. So when you sing, you declare God's truth of who God is over everybody else here. In this, in this house. And when you do that, it encourages them, it helps them to realize who they are in God and you serve them through your singing. So would you join your hearts with me this morning as we lift our voices and our hearts together to, to worship our ever-living God. I see the world in love. 
let's take this time to praise our God. Have you ever seen the wonder in the glimmer of a sight? As the eyes begin to open and the blindness meets the light. If you have so say, I see the world in light, I see the world in wonder. I see the world in life burst in a living color. I see the world your way, and I'm walking in light. Have you ever seen the wonder in the every second light? Having come out the waters with the old one left. I see the world in grace. I see the world in grace. I see the world in gospel. I see the world your way. And I'm walking in the light. I'm walking in the wonder. You're wondering. I see the world in light. I see the world in light. I see the world in wonder. I see the world in light. Burst in the living color. I see the world your way. And I'm walking in light. I see the world in grace. I see the world in grace. I see the world in gospel. I see the world your way. And I'm walking in the light. I'm walking in the wonder. You're wondering the wild. Turn the wilderness to wonder. If you have so say, I see the world in love. I see the world in freedom. I see the Jesus way. You're wondering the wild, turning wilderness to wonder. You're wondering the wild, turning wilderness. 
the splendor of the King clothed in majesty that all the earth rejoice all the earth rejoice you wrap yourself in life and darkness tries to hide and trembles at your voice trembles at your voice how great is our God sing with me how great is our God Oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. And age to age, you stand, and time is seen. Sing with me 
Please be seated. We have come to the beginning of um, the, or not the beginning, kind of, of the sixth month of the year, coming close to, you know, half the year gone. And this month is also Pride Month all over the world. And we are all looking forward to Pink Dot um, next Saturday. And there's a lot going on. One of my friends gave me a rainbow pin that I just pinned on my back. And I was reflecting. I was reflecting how fortunate I am to have a family who is accepting of me. How fortunate I am to be able to be out as my whole self, whether here in church, which is also my work, um, and with my friends, and with my family. But I also know that this month can be a difficult month for many, many people who one way or another have to hide a part of themselves, feel that they are not able to be authentic. And the most painful is that they think that they cannot worship God as who they are. That there's a part of them that's being rejected. There's part of them that they need to put aside before coming to this table, before coming up to this altar, that they are imperfect, that they are not good enough, they are unworthy. And we want to recognize that. We want to recognize that struggle within. And the many things that we try to do here is to create that space where all feel welcome. That you know that God loves you. God embraces you. And you are beloved. So let us pray. God, we come to you imperfect. All of us fallen short one way or another. And you embrace us nevertheless. You embrace us as the parent who runs out to embrace the prodigal child, the one who has done wrong, whether or not we acknowledge our wrongdoing, you love us and you want to love us into healing, into reconciliation, into transformation. That somehow through that loving, we grow and we transform and we are forgiven. We want to pray for all those who are celebrating who they are in their lives, wherever they are. We also especially want to lift up our siblings who continue to struggle, not knowing who they can talk to, not knowing who they can share their burdens with, having have to hide a part of themselves from the people who are closest to them. Many of us know how that feels because many of us have gone through that same journey. That same journey of feeling that we might be rejected. But God, you are the source of love. You are love. And when we proclaim that, we want to also lift that out. We want to be that space where all can feel that they are worthy of your love. 
we want to pray for those who tell us otherwise. We know that they often come from a place of good intentions. But they do not realize the harm they do, that they hurt people in the process of what they do. Through all that we do, God, in this church, help us change minds. We lift up our upcoming um, talk or panel discussion, you know, where the people of the book, a Muslim, a Jew, a Christian, come together to talk about how our faiths relate to, see, perceive, even persecute LGBTQ or people who are non-normative. And we hope that through reflecting on history, our collective histories, we learn from the past and we learn how we can change our minds and how often what we believe may be wrong and you are leading us towards a place where there's shalom and right relationship with one another and with you. We pray for all those who are hurt, affected by all that comments that rise up during this time in other churches who may be condemning, who may reject, and those who silently in the pews listen from the, the words that harm and hurt, we pray for them. We pray that one day all will know your love. All will be embraced by each other that we create space for the other in our midst. So your kingdom will manifest here on earth. God, give us the strength, the wisdom, and the openness to embrace the other. Amen.
Good morning and welcome to FCC. So today as we go into the time where we look into um, the Bible, the scripture, I wanted to actually um, just invite you to go into fcc.la slash menti. Uh, or if you wanted to, you could also um, um, take a pic of the uh, QR code and uh, use the code that we have up there, 22536060. So we usually use menti.com as a way for us to interact during the sermons. There are a couple of questions in there that I'd love to hear uh, your input on. You know? So yeah, if you would get on to menti, that would be great. Uh, and then you'll see the slides as we go along. Okay? So this Sunday, we begin a new sermon series called Speaking Differently, where we'll be looking at things from an other-centered perspective. And this was inspired by Lynette's sermon last week, Unknown Tongues for an Unknown People. And if you missed her sermon, I would highly encourage you to catch it on our YouTube channel. And I want to begin this morning by asking you this question. What inspires wonder in you? What inspires wonder in you? If you think about your life, you think about the past, what have been moments in your life where you felt, oh yeah, you know, this is awesome, this is wonderful. What has inspired that sense of wonder in you? Okay. And yeah, I see all of you very quickly, right? Some of you, you have it, you know, um, on the top of your minds. Beauty, absolutely, nature. And that's a big one, right? Beauty and nature. Kindness, mm -hmm. protection, God's love, food, yes. Restoration, hardships, mm -hmm. the stars, creations of God, yep. angels, mountains, love, mercy, generosity, people who bravely, well, people who are brave, yeah. community, God's grace and unconditional love, I would guess. The ocean, yeah. Self-sacrifice. God's voice. Peace. Stars, trees, science. Support. So many things, right? There's so many things in life that inspires wonder in us. And I realized recently that it's actually not hard to experience wonder. It isn't. But you and I must be willing to slow down, be present, and pay attention to what's going on around us. Wonder doesn't necessarily come only in big, dramatic moments. In fact, it's in the little moments of life that wonder catches us when we pause and take notice. 
Over the past week, I was on leave, and I challenged myself to slow down, be present, and pay attention to the little moments. A few times a day, I would consciously close my eyes and notice what's going on around me. What am I hearing, smelling, feeling? I felt the wind on my face and pockets of wind running through my fingers. I heard the sound of the waves lapping onto the shore and the laughter of children. I noticed the presence of my family around me, just taking in the mundane moments of us eating together, playing games and chatting. It was in the ordinary moments that I sensed the extraordinary. And I was filled with gratitude, awe and wonder. Who am I that God has blessed me this way? Who am I? Who are we? And in some ways, I can understand the psalmist in what they expressed in Psalm 8. And Psalm 8 is a great example of how one is filled with wonder when we recognize how small we are in proportion to the universe, yet how valued we are in God's eyes. It provides a wonderful, balanced perspective of who we are in light of who God is. This psalm puts us in place. It humbles us and yet uplifts us at the same time. And more importantly, it helps us see ourselves and others through God's eyes. Psalm 8 begins with the psalmist looking up at the beautiful night skies in wonder and awe and pondering why God would even bother with humans like us. And so let me read to you a portion from Psalm 8, and this is taken from the message version. And the psalmist says, I look up at the macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their settings. Then I look at my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? Yet we've so narrowly missed being gods, bright with Eden's dawn light. You put us in charge of your handcrafted world. Repeated to us your Genesis charge. Made us stewards of sheep and cattle, even animals out in the wild. Birds flying, fish swimming, whales singing in the ocean's deep. God, brilliant Lord, your name echoes around the world. Sorry, I didn't show you the second slide. Yes, we are small and minute, yet for some reason, in God's eyes, we are highly valued and loved. God not only lifted us up so we get to be called children of God, God even tasked us to take good care of the earth and all living things that reside on earth. When you think about it, does that thought inspire wonder and awe in you? Does it? It should. Because who are we that we should be put in charge of taking care of the world? Yet, that's how God sees us and what God hopes of us. 
But the issue is, we often don't think very much about it, right? We don't realize how precious we are to God, and we forget how precious the whole earth and every living thing is to God. So precious that God actually entrusted the care of the earth and all living things to us. As stewards, we have been given responsibility to care for people, the cattle, wild animals, birds and the fish, even the whales singing in the ocean deeps. So let me just poll among you, right? How well do you think we've been doing with this stewarding task and responsibility? Okay, it's quite easy. It's a multiple choice kind of question. I mean, on a whole, okay? On a whole, how well do you think we humans are doing with this stewarding task and responsibility, right? Okay, I see no one has said very well. Well, yeah, okay, I think we are quite realistic that way. Yeah, I see many of us um, saying not well and very badly, in fact, right? Most of us say we're very badly stewarding this big responsibility that has been entrusted to us. And how true that is, don't you think? On a whole, I would say that we haven't been doing a very good job at all with this task and responsibility. Instead of caring for the earth and all living things, we have exploited and extracted all that we could from the earth, from people, from nature, and all for our own selfish interests. And this has been going on for generations. It's not just a recent thing, right? But we know this legacy of exploitation and extraction doesn't align with God's dream. In God's order of things, nothing is created in vain and everything is treated with loving care. God's dream is shalom. God longs for and is working towards wholeness and healing towards justice and restoration for all created beings. And every person, every living being is precious in God's eyes. And those of us who know we are beloved have been entrusted with the task of making sure that they know that too. It's not good enough for us to know we are beloved. Others need to know that too. As Pope Francis says, we are stewards not masters of the earth. He says we tend to live rather selfish lifestyles, marked by an opulence that is no longer sustainable and frequently indifferent to the world around us, especially to the poorest of the poor. We see technical and economic questions dominating political debate to the detriment of genuine concern for human beings. Men and women risk being reduced to mere cogs in a machine that treats them as items of consumption to be exploited. He says, each of us has a personal responsibility to care for creation, this precious gift which God has entrusted to us. This means, on the one hand, that nature is at our disposal to enjoy and use properly. We need to love and respect nature. But instead, we are often guided by the pride of dominating possessing, manipulating, exploiting. We do not preserve the earth. We do not respect it. We do not consider it as a freely given gift to look after. 
Respect for the environment, however, means more than just, not just like destroying it, it also means using it for good purposes. Unfortunately, many Christians don't think much about environmental issues. We don't think much about the earth and about the exploitation of humans. We don't think much about that in our day-to-day -day lives because sometimes we don't view it as an important faith-related concern. It took me some time to understand the connection between caring for our earth and how that is motivated by our faith. What if I told you that how we care for the earth and all living things directly impacts how others might be able to relate to God? It affects them directly. In Psalm 19, a few psalms down, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of God's hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet, their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. We are told repeatedly in the Bible that nature reveals God to humankind. Nature reveals God to humankind. And I'm sure you've experienced God in some way through nature. When I ask you what inspires wonder in you, some of you put nature, right? The beauty of nature. Many of us are privileged because we have the means to live in or to travel to different parts of the world where we can enjoy beautiful scenery or be surrounded by majestic mountains. For us human beings, being in the beauty of nature is healing for our souls. It helps us reconnect with God. How many times have you experienced that, right? Just being in nature helps us reconnect with God. The psalmist is right that the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of God's hands. We have experienced it for ourselves. And you know what? It's easy for us to understand what the psalmist is saying when we can breathe in fresh air and look up at a sky full of stars. Well, in some places they are darker, right? But this is not true for many people who live in parts of the world where the water is too unsafe to drink, where the air is too polluted to breathe, and the sheer decay of the surrounding environment endangers them and their families. This dire situation is often due to exploitation and extraction by countries and corporations driven by profit and greed. And, you know what? We can't just point our fingers at them and say, oh, it's all their fault, those corporations and bad countries, right? We are complicit. We are complicit too as consumers when we continue to perpetuate the cycle of exploitation by buying and consuming mindlessly. If we really believe that the earth reflects God's glory, by not taking good care of it and allowing the earth as well as people to become exploited, we're essentially keeping people from experiencing the glory and the goodness of God. So do we take our task and responsibility as God's stewards seriously? You know, we usually begin with ourselves as a frame of reference. 
to make sense of the world around us. Right? We use our own experiences and our understandings to help us navigate situations and relate with others. It's literally self-centered, right? Radiating from ourselves outwards. That's usually how most of us try to make sense of the world. It's the easiest and the most automatic human response. But the world, the universe, is so much bigger than we can imagine. And we are but a small speck in this vast universe. Is it possible for us to enlarge and expand our perspective? Can we be God-centered and other-centered as well? It's essential that we enlarge our perspective because our self-centered approach is what feeds the exploitation and extraction mindset, whether we do so consciously or not. The sense of wonder in life often comes when we slow down, take our heads out of our own little world and see things from a different, a larger perspective. So recently, one of my classmates, so I'm in seminary now, I just finished my first year, yeah. Um, so one of my classmates, he actually made a video called The Story of Everything. He's a pastor as well, and he made this actually for his congregation. Uh, he shared it with some of us, and I thought it was such a beautiful and profound video, and very in line with what I was actually talking about today. And so I asked him if you know, we could share the video with all of you. And so he said, yeah, of course, please do. So I just wanted to share this video with you. And I hope that it speaks to you in some way. 13.8 billion years ago, in the beginning there was light. We can still see this ancient light, the background radiation left over from the primordial fire at the beginning of the universe. The light was hot, dense, loud, and as it expanded the fire, cooled like spreading out the coals on a campfire. Clouds of gas pulled together to form stars, galaxies, planets, life, plants, civilizations, and us. Our minds cannot grasp billions. If the timeline of the cosmos were spread out on a football field, the time period called human history would be found at the very end and it would be the width of a human hair. As the author of Ecclesiastes wrote so long ago, you are a vapor, here and then gone. The universe is made of billions of galaxies, and every dot you see here is a galaxy of its own. Traveling at the speed of light, it is 25,000 years to the nearest one. Yet you've already made this trip across space and time. The iron in your blood, the oxygen you're breathing, the silicone in your computers all come from the life cycle of stars. The majority of your body is made of oxygen, the element fighting to protect life on Earth. The reason you are alive in this moment to bring together all of the atoms of oxygen in your body, it took 100 million exploding stars. And almost every bit of you came from one of those explosions. Cosmic life, death, and rebirth. Death and transformation. Resurrection. The pattern of everything. Everything 
and everyone is made of the same cosmic dust. You are dust, and to dust you will return. There is more cosmic dust or atoms in the body than stars in the universe, and there are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on all the beaches of Earth. You hold within you your own universe of the smallest scale. And you share atoms with the Buddha, Jesus, any person who's ever lived. We are made of the same star stuff. What you do to the arrangements of atoms around you, Jesus says, you do to yourself and you do to God. When you inhale, you breathe in the remains of an exploded star. So take a breath. The oxygen atom you breathe traveled entire solar systems over billions of years, all leading up to this moment, to you. We do not come into this world, we grow out of it. Genesis says, the Lord God formed us from the dust of the ground and breathed life. The universe is in the air you breathe. God is as near to you as your breath. As far as we know, you are unique in this universe. You have the ability to question, to choose how you engage with the cosmos and our world. Theoretical physicist Sean Carroll says at the end of your life, it does not matter as much if you are happy in every moment, but that you have a good story to tell. You are unique because you can choose your story. You can choose what the world can become, what your neighborhood can become. And at the end of your vapor of a life, what story will you want to tell of your part in this divine cosmos? In the vastness of the cosmos, may you feel small for you are. In the beauty of the cosmos, may you see your own beauty reflected. In the evolution of the cosmos, may you see the love of God made flesh, stuff, matter, atoms, you. You are unique because you can choose your story. You can choose what the world can become, what your neighborhood can become. And the question is, at the end of your vapor of a life, what story will you want to tell of your part in this divine cosmos? Our lives may be brief, so brief, but they are meant to make a difference in our world. We are called to live out our stories of fierce love that inspires wonder and awe in others, that the God of the universe loves them too. We have been tasked to go out and love the world. May we always remember we are nothing but dust. May we never forget that dust comes from the stars. You see, this mindset is not just about having a balanced perspective of ourselves. It's also about having a deep sense of connection with God and with everything around us. It's humbling and uplifting at the same time. 
is about expanding our perspective so that we are not only radiating from ourselves, but we are increasingly God-centred and other-centred too. Richard Ross says, he's convinced that beneath the ugly manifestations of our present evils, like political corruption, ecological devastation, warring against one another, hating each other based on race, gender, religion or sexual orientation, the greatest disease facing humanity right now is our profound and painful sense of disconnection. Disconnection from God, certainly, but also from ourselves, our own bodies, from each other and from our world. This sense of isolation, or rather this self-centred approach, is plunging us as a culture, as a species, into increasingly destructive behaviour. If we want to reclaim wonder in our lives, if we want to help others experience wonder in their lives, reconnecting with God, with ourselves, with each other, and with the world is of paramount importance. We know connection and relationship is so important to God that God chose to take on flesh in order to be Emmanuel, God with us, and entered our broken world so we might learn what it means to love and be loved. We know this theoretically. I know for many of us, we've heard it. But this morning, my challenge to you is to strive to know this with all your heart, body, mind and soul. So how can we reconnect with God, with ourselves, with others and with the world? And through this reconnection, how can we enlarge our perspective and see ourselves and others as well as all creation through God's eyes? How? Right? That's the all-important question, right? We all know the issues and the problems. Disconnection, exploitation, extraction. What? How? Let me offer a few suggestions, okay? I've adapted this, uh, some of these suggestions from an article in Sojourners called Your Tired Body, Our Exploited Earth. They're connected. So if your body's feeling very tired, uh, there's some connection all right, to how the earth is exploited. So that's a very interesting article. You can go look for it. Um, but this is some of the suggestions that Melody Tsang uh, actually offered. Right? So she said, we need to start with our own bodies. The lifelong work of undoing, extraction and exploitation begins within our own bodies, ourselves. We can resist extracting our poor bodies for productivity and profit by listening to our body's needs for rest. We can seek out ways to move and to work our whole bodies throughout the day in celebration that we were truly made to move and live in the world through full-bodied activities like gardening, making food, creating things, we begin to restore the dignity and essentiality of embodied work in ourselves and then extend this respect and dignity for other bodies who practice this for a living. Okay, so it begins with ourselves and we extend that dignity to others. Secondly, and very importantly, we can be fully attentive and present in our everyday lives to what is around us and the choices we make. 
And that's really important, the choices we make. When we take a walk or we go outside, we can do our best to be fully there, to notice details and the little wonders of the earth and of every person we pass by, each created to reflect a slice of God's full image. Sustained attention blooms into care, which breeds real responsibility. So it's not just an overnight thing, right? Today I do this and yay, the earth is saved, right? It's a sustained attention that blooms into care. And then that breeds real responsibility, a real consciousness of what we are doing, the choices we are making. So as much as we can, we can try and live our lives with deliberate attention to everything. How we get our food, where does our food come from? What do we eat? How we move around and get from place to place? Who do we talk to and to whom we willfully ignore? And over time, we might finally become attuned a little bit more fully and responsive to both the joys and the cries of the little piece of earth that envelops us and to the cries of our neighbours, especially neighbours who don't look like us or live like us. And this kind of practice over time can build vital place, vital community. And this is what we're trying to do, right? But it takes time and attention and consciousness. And thirdly, we can cultivate deep wells of spiritual disciplines to nurture a heart oriented towards carefulness and cherishing of a vital community. Why do we need deep wells of spiritual disciplines to nurture that? Because it takes awareness and consciousness. And that comes from a discipline that you put in place, a practice that you put in place over time. We need to remember it's God's Spirit that is behind any meaningful restoration, any work of shalom happens with the work of God, with the Spirit of God. So we can form a regular practice of solitude, worship and prayer to listen to where and how God is leading us and our community. You see, being fully attentive, present in our day-to-day -day lives, making conscious choices, helps us grow in our care and responsibility to our, towards ourselves, towards others, and towards the world. Only then can we begin to look at people and situations beyond our self-centred perspective and through a God-centred and other-centred perspective. I like how Dallas Willett put it. He said, We don't believe something by merely saying we believe it, or even when we believe that we believe it. We believe something when we act as if it were true. We believe something when we act as if it were true. It boils back down to what we choose to do, our actions. So, after you've heard all this, and after you've sat down and kind of reflected a little bit, can I ask you, what is one thing you would like to commit to doing as a conscious follow-through action? Right? So you've heard a lot of different things, right? And it may not come to you immediately, and that's fine too. But what is one thing that you think you might like to try doing? It can be a very small thing, all right? 
as a conscious follow-through action in your life. It can be a specific action, such as something that contributes to environmental sustainability, right? or the lifting up of human dignity, or the protection of animals, etc. Or even listening to your body's need for rest. It begins there, right? So, think about that. What is one thing you can choose to do and want to commit to doing? Okay. So, some of you, the love of God, perhaps, to reflect on that, to rest, to stop and smell the flowers, yeah? To be consciously present throughout the day, mm -hmm. to be non judgmental and patient to pray for others, awareness of how all my actions have consequences, yeah. Be the voice of recovery, nature appreciation, yeah. Not look at my handphone so much. Yeah, I think all of us need to do that. <laughs> we need to put our phones away, like maybe consciously <laughs> for periods of time. To buy fewer things, right? To avoid fast fashion, to throw away items. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even that, right? Just being conscious about how we consume and what we buy. Paying attention to the impact of each of my actions, yeah? To be patient, intercessory prayer, to share more, to buy less, yeah? I think all of us are capable of that. To stop grinding, to be present, to write down my dreams. That's lovely, right? To write down my dreams, to be more connected to my body and my subconscious, <laughs> to keep the AC at 24 or 25 degrees. Yes, that is a very practical way, right, um, of wanting to take care of the environment, at least something that we can do. Being present, to appreciate the little moments, mm -hmm. be non-judgmental, more patient, creating spaces for connection without alcohol. Yeah, that's a very good one, right? Sometimes we feel like we need alcohol in order to create connection, but... We were all made as human beings to have deep connection with one another, to rest, to say kind words, to do kind acts, have a kind heart for others around me. Forest therapy, yeah. Forest bathing, you know. Have you experienced that? I haven't, but I think that would be beautiful. To walk in another person's shoes, to be patient, to love and appreciate everything and everyone more. Yeah, lovely. I see being patient actually appears quite a few times. Huh? Yeah, I think a lot of us need to actually just learn to slow down in general, right? To pay attention, to be patient, to actually appreciate everything, everyone around us. You see, whatever you choose, and you can go, go on today and still think about this, because this is not uh, something that you might you know, immediately come to you, right? But go think about it. What's something you want to commit to doing, right? But whatever you choose, my hope is that our specific actions will be undergirded by our deepening awareness and our spiritual practices. Don't just do something because it's a new fad, right? It's not just a new trend, you know. Educate yourself. Slow down. Be present. Make conscious choices in your everyday life. As a church, we're always thinking of ways to nurture spiritual practices together as a community. Practices that will help us slow down, be present with God and with one another, and hopefully help us become more conscious 
about the choices that we make in our day-to-day -day life. So, if today you couldn't think of anything specific you might like to commit to doing, I have a few suggestions for you. Okay. Next month, as part of our After Church Events program, uh, now that things are opening up, right, we're starting to be able to bring back our After Church Events program, we'll be holding a series of different activities in this season, so June, July, August, all right? The painting of the Faith Rock will give you an opportunity to reflect on your faith journey and the faith journey of our community. And in July, the prayer rope making session introduces you to an ancient practice by the Orthodox Church. See, the tying of the prayer rope, right, is a tactile way of learning to be present as we engage in prayer. And it's a spiritual practice that we can engage in together as a community. And then we have the making of kimchi, and that's an activity that engages our full bodies when we make something. And it gives us an opportunity to learn something new and have fun together. And you will hear a little bit more information about this during the announcements. But I wanted to bring this to you because our spiritual practices, how we want to grow together in our own lives and as a community, is all tied in uh, to the programs that we want to put in church to help us all grow together. Whatever action you choose, and even as, even as you choose to come to some of these, I encourage you to keep at it. If you choose to listen, for example, to your body's need for rest, then keep at it. Don't just make it a one-off action. Cultivate a habit or a practice along the way. And on a deeper level, I hope the action you choose will contribute in some way to nurturing a God-centered and other-centered perspective in your life. How God sees us changes the way we see ourselves. How God sees us changes the way we see others. And that's the human dignity, right, that we long for others to be able to have because that is who they are. And how God sees us changes the way we see all of creation the earth, nature, animals, all living beings and the environment. We have been given the responsibility of caring for all that God has created, the earth and all living beings. And we are called to be stewards, not exploiters. As you take time to gaze on the beauty of God and on the night sky and the wonder of the things and the people around you, and contemplate on the wonder and love of God, my prayer for you is this, is that you will, one, regain your wonder of God, God for us, God alongside us, God within us, the one who enables, enfolds, and enlivens all things, that we might be able to recapture that love for self and others, a love that upholds human dignity, that we might be able to realign our priorities and make conscious choices as one who takes responsibility and cares for the earth and all living things. And that we will reclaim the right to choose your story and rest for your body. Remember that you are unique because you can choose your story. You can choose what the world can become. At the end of your vapour of a life, what story will you want to tell of your part in this divine cosmos? 
may it be a story of fierce love, conscious choices, wonder and awe that the God of the universe loves us and has tasked us to go out and love the world. Amen. We have come to a time of Holy Communion. And before we start, um, I was just uh, reflecting just now when we were starting service and um, as we are constructing next week's um, Pink Dot service. And this is just a kind of an announcement, a plug, right? Because something just went on my mind and I'm like, it's been a long while since, and some of you may have experienced it before here in FCC, that you get prayed for after communion. You come out and receive communion and then the pastors will pray for you. It takes quite a while because we really pray for people. But it's a very powerful experience. But then the other flip side, I went, wow, those people online will be watching us, you know, doing it and not hearing anything. Um, so those of you who are watching us online right now, I want to give you a plug so that next week you know that we're going to do that. And you might be sitting there watching 20 minutes of people coming up to receive communion and being prayed for, and you might feel a little left out. So inviting you um, that you, know, you might also want to come to be here in church. Uh, because um, that was a very powerful experience for me when I first experienced that. Coming up to receive communion and walking up and having someone pray for me. And I think that that will be a blessing and that will be something that we want to do uh, because now we can. And we have not done that in a very, very long time. So we come now at this table. We gather each Sunday at this table. And even though at this time we are not all physically together, there are some of you who are joining us online. This table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means that you, not, you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to get baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Together, God of, God of mercy, mercy and justice, justice be, be with us. us. We, we lift our hearts to you, not because we have to, not because we are supposed to, but because it's how we respond to your unconditional love, because it feels good to know we are loved. As long as there have been people to tell them our ancestors in faith have shared your sto uh, stories of your mercy, of how, of how you, you gave food to the poor, poor clothes to the naked, and, and shelter to the lost. As long as there have been people to tell them our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your justice, of how, of how you, you gave freedom, freedom to the enslaved, opportunity to the outcast, and peace to the war-torn. 
you acted with both mercy and justice, rescuing, rescuing the, the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, Egypt providing, providing them, them with manna when, when they, they were hungry. And your people acted with both mercy and justice, like, like the, the prophets who cried out to care for widow, orphan and foreigner, and those who provided food, shelter and community. You have shared your mercy and justice with us, not only as gifts we received from you, but as gifts that we are to share with the world. We see this gift most clearly in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us what a life of mercy and justice looked like. In mercy, he gave food to the hungry. With justice, he broke social custom and shared tables with the powerful and the lowly at once. In mercy, he cared for the sick. With justice, he broke religious custom and healed on the Sabbath. In mercy, he had compassion for the poor. With justice, he spoke out against empire that held them in poverty. In mercy, he washed his disciples' feet. With justice, he died without protest to expose a corrupt system. On the night that he was handed over to the unjust system that killed him, he protested by sharing a meal with his friends. There he took bread, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, and then called them to remember the injustice of his broken body every time they ate bread. And after they ate, he took the cup, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then called them to remember the injustice of his spilt blood every time they drank wine. But that, but that wasn't, wasn't all. all. God's mercy and justice birthed forth when, when Jesus died, and his, his resurrection gave hope to all those who hunger for mercy and thirst for justice. God will always equip those who seek to share mercy and justice. Even death cannot stop God's incredible grace. So we ask God's Holy Spirit to be poured out on this meal, on this gifts of mercy, bread and juice, that we may remember Jesus' ministry of mercy and justice, that this gifts of mercy may become for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may show mercy and do justice, not just for ourselves, but for the transformation of the world. May the stewards come forward to distribute the elements.
Let us partake the elements with gratefulness. you, if you're willing and able, to stand and join me in this prayer of communion. Together. God, through this meal, we pray that your grace would empower us to do justice, to offer mercy, and to do so with humility. You have given us your Son as an example and your Holy Spirit as Advocate. Give us the courage to do your work in the world. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, everyone, and once again, welcome to the Sunday service at the Free Community Church. We're really so glad that you're here uh, with us this morning. And first, I just want to say a big thank you to Pauline for kicking off that new sermon series with us. I was just taking so many notes and had so much reflections, you know. I think um, this series about speaking differently for me, and this whole idea about moving from self-centeredness to other-centeredness, is actually really about loving God and loving others. It is about discipleship. It's about who we are as, and our response as Christians. And I think that it was so important for me to remember that and to recognize that our well-being is really tied up in the well-being of others and the well-being of the planet and vice versa. We are all interconnected. And so this whole idea of salvation and restoration cannot ever be an individual endeavor. And I think that's a very important thing to remember. One thing that was really uh, inspiring, you know, as I was uh, listening to uh, Pauline, was uh, the reminder that we are all unique because we can choose our stories. We are all unique because we can choose our stories. And indeed, our individual superpowers, it's actually our power to choose. That's our superpower. And every decision is our decision on whether we want to be holy, which is set apart, or whether we just want to follow the system of the world. So thank you for that amazing kickoff, and can't wait to see what the next weeks of next seven weeks unfold in this sermon series of speaking differently. We're going to have a lot of different speakers, you know, be sharing their perspective of what it means to have an other-centered approach, including some speakers you may not usually see here on a Sunday. We've got some uh, in-house guest speakers who will be coming to this and gracing our pulpit and sharing the word with us. So stay tuned. I hope that you'll join us for the next um, seven weeks. So if you are new here with us, I just want to say a very big welcome home uh, to you. Um, If you're new, one way that we can get in touch with you and allow us to figure out how we can serve you best is to for you to leave your details with us at fcc.la/welcome. Our pastors can reach out to you, invite you to a newcomers meeting. The next one is happening on the 26th of June. 
where you can find out more about FCC, our ministries, and how we can uh, serve you. And you can be a part of community. And that this can be a place where you hopefully will be able to find home and be able to grow together with us. As we move forward in the service, we also um, come to a time of worshipping God with our giving. Now, we're talking about stewardship, right? You know, over the past, um, this, during the sermon. And this is one way that we can steward the resources that we have. You know, where do we put our resources to? And I think that um, one spiritual discipline that we all practice is how do we actually contribute with and steward our finances? And the work that FCC does is because of the faithfulness of the stewards in this community as you steward your finances. So if you're willing and able to join us uh, to worship God with your giving this morning, there are a few ways that you can give. The first way is you can give by pay now by sca scanning either the general fund uh, QR code there or the FCC building fund QR code. The general fund goes to being able to enable this ministry and all of the things that we do here as the witness um, that this ministry is as FCC. And the building fund there is there for us to be able to ensure that we are able to pay down the mortgage on the space that we have. So if you are willing and able, please do scan those QR codes. Or if you prefer, you can actually join our giving this morning by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Um, Give.Asia is an incredible platform. They have um, you know, a lot of charities and a, good of, a lot of opportunities for you to contribute to different causes, and FCC is one of them, uh, of course. And they've actually got a very, very minimal uh, platform fee, um, which is taken by the credit card companies if you give. So, for example, if you give $100 to FCC, um, the credit card companies will take 1.5%, and we get about $98.50. So just you know, the, to note that you know, the advantage of pay now is that we get the entire donation. The benefit of paying by credit card is that you get your frequent flyer points at the end of the month. <laughs> so you choose. Alternatively, you know, we are never saying no to you know, good, hard cash. Although maybe Daniel, our administrator, uh, doesn't like this so much because he's got to go to the bank and drop it in. Uh, but if you, are want, if you like to um, give by cash, you know, the stewards will come forward, just raise your hands and you can drop your giving into the bags as it comes uh, around. But uh, would you first uh, please join me in a word of prayer as we give thanks uh, for this time uh, that we can come together to worship God with our giving. Dear God, we thank you for bringing us together as community. We thank you that you have called us each individually to be stewards of your work here on earth in the way that we manage our resources that you have given us. And God, we want to use this opportunity to come around our giving that we are saying to you that we trust you, God, for all that we have and that we are faithful stewards of the work they have entrusted us to do in and through this particular ministry. So God, bless each person who gives this morning. Help us to be able to realize that you are the provider for all things and that our well-being is truly interconnected with the well-being of others. And as we serve the community in and through this ministry, that we will be well in our, in our lives as well, in all areas of life. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people say, Amen. Can I invite the stewards to come forward to receive the giving? And if you want to give by cash, just please raise your hand. 
So my name is Gary, and I've got a few announcements for us uh, this uh, morning. Um, the first announcement is coming up this Wednesday. You heard Miak share that this is Pride Month. And FCC, we have got a number of uh, events to be able to come alongside the community, uh, to be able to speak of our unique voice and contribute that towards Pride Month. And what we're doing this year as part of Heart Truths, which is our um, Pride um, program, is a talk on, we're going to host a talk on the Abrahamic faith and LGBTQ. Now, we're going to take a historical approach. We've got a really great panel, um, you know, that's going to be moderated by Miak, and we have got um, Imran and Rabbi Miriam who will be coming to provide, you know, the Jewish and Islam um, you know, uh, perspectives. We're really going to walk through history to look at how queer people uh, have been, um, you know, interacting with the, uh, the, the, the text, the word, and uh, how that has actually been expressed uh, in and through different uh, um, eras and time. And I think that's going to be a really interesting, um, you know, an eye-opening adventure that actually, you know, the way that we approach uh, this idea of queer people and queerness is not something that has been, you know, consistent throughout history, has changed over time. And it's here a great opportunity to see how the people of the book have actually, you know, contended with this issue throughout time. So I invite you to register to that. It is going to be available both on here in premise on the 15th of June at 8pm, but it's also hybrid. So we're going to live stream it for those people who register. Um, and we'll send over the URL, but you need to register at fcc.la slash hearttruths2022 to be able to sign up uh, to, to join this, um, this uh, Pride program for 2022. Moving on from that, uh, we have got Lunch Kakis. So Lunch Kakis is a program for those people who maybe are newer in church who are here on site. Um, if you want to uh, find, a, you know, have a group of people to take you out to lunch and get to know some of the people in church. We've got people who are standing by to take you out for lunch. So um, I cannot just ask the lunch khaki uh, host uh, to uh, stand up, raise their hands and wave so you know who they are. So you can see them. Wave uh. <laughs> Okay, so uh, if, you are, if you'd like to be able to, uh, to join uh, ask for lunch, uh, please uh, go and see Daniel who has waved his hand at the back of the hall and um, he will take you out for lunch. Um, th this is your special invitation from the FCC welcome team. The next announcement that we have, you know, is our after church events. So this is, you know, Pauline talked about some of the, uh, the programs that we have coming up for the next three months. But this is going to be a series as we are now able to gather, to be able to come together and build stronger community together. So element of community, element of fellowship, element of spiritual practices, all coming together as after church events or ACE. So that's the, the, you know, if you hear, um, are you going for ACE? Are you going for ACE? Go for ACE. Eh? That's what it means, after church events. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey, for great acronyms that we have every time that we come up with new programs. Um, so ACE, um, as you, in the next slide, you can see that, reminded that there are three programs that you can sign up for. Um, on the 26th of June, we have got the painting of the faith rock. So ACE happens one hour after service ends. So service usually ends about 12 o'clock. 
Everyone goes for lunch and then we come back for ACE at 1pm. So if you're interested in the first installment of ACE, um, that will be on the 26th of June, please register your interest to come and join us so we get the equipment and all of that and the space set up uh, at info at freecomchurch.org. It's free of charge, so please um, do uh, register your interest. Final announcement for today, Pink Dot. Um, as, uh, we are going to have a few things going on for Pink Dot. The first one is that Pink Dot, as you all know, is next Saturday at Hong Lim Park. So we at FCC are going to go down and be a witness um, over there. And um, you know, if you want to know actually where everybody is, the best way to do so is to sign up for our WhatsApp broadcast list. So if you don't, if you're thinking, huh, what's this WhatsApp broadcast list? How come I'm not on it? At the close of the, uh, the service, you're going to see the first slide in the closing video that we have that will give you the number to text to so that we can add you to the WhatsApp broadcast list so that you can get the photos and updates of where we're going to be um, on next Saturday at Pink Dot. Second thing is that you're probably maybe going like, oh my goodness, you know, one year already. Actually, you know, this is two years, no Pink Dot and physical things. I've got nothing pink to wear. No worries. We have got a solution for you. We have got actually Pink Dot t-shirts that were made, you know, in the years gone by and we still have got some stock of it. So I'm going to show you two designs that we have. We have got this lovely welcome home uh, design. So for those people at home, can you see this? Yeah, well, lovely, right? Um, so this is the back of it. And then we have got another one um, which says, I stand with Pink Dot. And at the back it says, I stand with love. And both of them are uh, uh, FCC t-shirts. So this is going to be available immediately after service if you want to pick any of these up there. $25 each, which goes entirely to the FCC building fund. Look for Miak, who is going to be the Leilong master, the, sales, uh, the salesman for today. And uh, he will get you fitted and kitted with the right size so you look absolutely fabulous at Pink Dot. But that's not all. If you can also wear these t-shirts next Sunday to our Pink Dot special service. So the, ser the service is, if you have been here over the last few years, we do something very, very special as an outreach for Pink Dot um, to be able to celebrate pride together. And if you have you know, friends who maybe are in the closet, maybe this is a great opportunity for them, you to invite them here on site for the Pink Dot special service. And if they are still feeling a little bit shy, um, you can also tell them that it's going to be broadcasted next Sunday so they can go to fcc.la slash live and watch it on YouTube next Sunday uh, as well. So it's going to be hybrid, but you can also wear your wonderful Pink Dot t-shirts and then let's come together and really celebrate love is love is love. All right, with that, I'm going to call back uh, Miak to um, give us the benediction for this morning. Thank you everyone for coming. May I invite all of you to stand as you are willing and able to receive the benediction. Remember that you are dust. But don't forget that you are fearfully and wonderfully made by the hands of our Creator. And remember that we, all of us, are connected 
we are all made of that same stardust. So may you, as you encounter others in your life, see that they too are wonderfully made of that same dust as you are, and that you may love them, embrace them, despite the differences, despite them not looking like you, not living like you, not believing like you, so that we may work towards a world where we know we are connected by the same one who made us, that we may participate in the coming of the kingdom, the realization that we are all kin. So go, go in love always. Go knowing you are beloved. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday and look forward to you joining us on our Pink Dot service next week. Have a good week ahead.